You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. A third of Americans use ride hail. Uber and Lyft need more. By Arian Marshall. Have you been inside an Uber? How about a Lyft or another ride hailing service? If the answer is, duh, rethink your sense of superiority. Because you're in the minority. According to a new poll conducted by the Pew Research Center, just 36% of American adults say they have used ride-hailing services. 61% say they have heard of the services, but hadn't taken a ride. The remaining 3% said they hadn't heard of them at all. That comports, mostly, with other surveys conducted in the past year about Uber and Lyft ridership, which have found that between 24.4 and 43% of the U.S. population has used apps to summon rides. Though those numbers may seem underwhelming, They actually mark a substantial jump in ridership and name recognition for the ride-hailing services. When Pew, a nonpartisan research organization, ran an identical survey in 2015 of Americans 18 and older, it found just 15% had used the services. And a third, 33%, had no idea what Uber and Lyft were. But this new survey also found that few riders aren't making ride-hail services part of their daily routines which is less great news for the long-term growth of these companies, both set for initial public offerings this year. Americans' interactions with the ride-hailing services depend, unsurprisingly, on who they are, where they live, how old they are, and how much they make. More than half of 18- to 29-year-olds have used Uber, Lyft, and their like, but just 24% of those over 50 have. 55% of college grads have hailed an Uber or Lyft, but 20% of those with high school degrees or less have gotten into the services. While 53% of those with household incomes over $75,000 have hitched ride-hail rides, less than a quarter of those making less than $30,000 have done the same. And high-income urban dwellers are way more likely to have hopped aboard than high-income people living in rural areas, 71% compared to 32%. All of this makes sense. Uber and Lyft undercut the prices of many taxi services, expanding the market of those taking one-off rides but remaining too pricey for some low-income households. Young people are early adopters, meaning it has taken a while for Uber use to trickle down to the olds. And the services are still far from available everywhere. 
the business model is hard to work in far-flung rural areas, where riders might have to wait tens of minutes for a pickup and drivers get fewer fares. That part's okay for the ride-hail giants. There are still riders and markets to capture and fight over. Lyft would not confirm the Pew survey's figures, but a company spokesperson wrote in a statement that Lyft is excited to see an increase in usage of services like ours. We're looking toward a future where car ownership is entirely optional. Uber did not respond to a request for comment. Still, the number of habitual riders is small. Only 1 in 10 users of ride-hailing services say they use these apps at least weekly, including just 2% who say they use them every day or almost every day. That's actually down from 3% in 2015, which means there aren't that many folks who see ride-hail as an everyday commuting option. Another 22% are monthly users, while a majority of riders, 67%, say they use these services less than once a month. Uber and Lyft surely know this. It's why you've seen both companies experiment with new kinds of services in the past few years. Subscriptions, in-app integrations with public transit, shared shuttle services, and cheaper but slower carpool options. In 2018, both companies poured money into bike and scooter share services. Uber with its acquisition of electric bike operator Jump, and Lyft with its purchase of Motivate, the major bike share operator behind New York's City Bike, DC's Capital Bike Share, and the Bay Area's Ford Go Bike. The ultimate goal? These companies want you to open their app anytime you want to get somewhere, no matter the distance or mode of choice. That means the services need to become less an occasional treat and more an unkickable habit. Hope you enjoyed this spoken edition of Wired News. And if you'd like more, search for Wired Science and Wired Business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.